What if your faith could become more than just a story? What if your faith could be as gentle as a dove and as wise as a serpent? What if your faith could become as bold as a lion? What if your faith could become lethal? My name is Blake Harris, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michael Knight. And here on the Lethal Faith Podcast, we're here to give your faith some lethality. Lethal Faith family, it's great to be with you again. Thank you for sharing these podcasts. And I get uh, all kinds of comments as I travel about people who listen to it. And so please share it in your social media. Blake, we're going to continue on this new series on dinosaurs. Absolutely. I love it. Last week, we began to talk about fossils and fossil stratification. If you're going to really understand dinosaurs, the natural question is, when did they live and did they live with man? Well, to really understand dinosaurs, you, I think the best place to start is to start with the fossils and the fossilizations of the artifacts we've got. So you have to understand, Lethal Faith, how fossils are, are made, how they come about. And so we talked about that. We're going to talk about it again today. And then we're going to start talking about next week about the coexistence. Now, Blake and I talked and laughed last week with you because did dinosaurs actually live at the same time that man lived? Now, if you'd asked me that years ago, I would have grinned at you and just smiled. But the truth is the scientific evidence that's coming about where they're finding dinosaur footprints and human footprints is not just one, not just two, we're talking thousands. That's right. Uh, I mean, it, you can just do a quick Google search and bam, oh, they everywhere. pop right up. No, that's so true. Then we're going to look at soft tissue. They're actually finding dinosaurs like a T-Rex with blood in them. Now, their answer is that it's iron. But really, does iron last? Can, can that iron cause that lack of deterioration for hundreds of millions of years? I know scientific inquiry has proved that like dinosaurs... Uh, and their, um, um, their dying and decaying can last up to 900,000 years, and that there was another one, and we'll get into it later, that was about 600,000 years. And I may buy that, Blake, but I can't buy that blood would last in a dinosaur for 250 million years because of iron. That's right. I'm with you. And then we're going to talk about uh, the exegesis of the concept of biblical names where God uses uh, what God's word may refer to as dinosaurs. And um, it's going to be an exciting time. Now, last week, if you remember, we went through the three stages of the Mesozoic period, which was um, the age of the reptiles. Uh, it lasted about 240 million years and uh, lasted about 180 million years. It began 245 million years ago, and it was actually three periods. The Triassic, the Jurassic, which is what most people, Blake, know as Jurassic Park. I can't wait for that movie to come out. And then the Crustaceous period. Then we began to talk about how creationists would see it differently. They would see it as a worldwide flood, and the dinosaurs, some of them, had possibly been on the ark, which... To me, I don't know, uh, but it, it makes sense when you understand that dinosaurs 
are are found in and fossils are found in an evidence of a worldwide flood. Yes. And then um, we made the point, and everybody needs to hear this point again, is that when a paleontologist who's a Christian who is not a Christian, who's a, a, a biblical evolutionist or a biblical creationist, no matter who finds it, they find the same thing. And when they find it, they don't find a dinosaur bone that says established 245 million years ago. They have the same kind of findings, but they don't have the same kind of interpretation of those findings. And then we begin to talk about um, how fossils are formed. And Blake began to help us to understand that fossils are, perform- are formed and they're buried rapidly under, um, in order to prevent deterioration. And um, he began to talk about the um, petrification process. And so today, Blake, we're going to begin to talk about the massive amount of fossils in the earth today could only have been preserved by an incredible amount of water. What do you think about that? Well, it, to me, that whenever you say that statement, uh, I immediately think of, well, obviously, this is Noah's flood that we're talking about. You know, that's the first thing that pops into my mind is that there has to be been an incredible amount of, of water. So, you know, and I can't remember the exact number per se but they say that the uh, amount of water or the force of the amount of water that came out when the flood happened was like 200 like 250 two, times the water force of niagara that's falls right. according to bob ballard who found the titanic who's an underwater archaeologist and he started looking for noah's ark and he never thought he would find a boat and you google this that's right he found a civilization flooded Right exactly when the Bible said the world was flooded. And this was on ABC's Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. And they found that water, the Bible says water came up from the earth and it came down and rained because it never rained before then. Yep. And that was 250 or 500 feet beneath the Black Sea, 245, 250 times the force of Niagara Falls. That's a lot of force right there. And so that's what I always think of when I hear something like this. And so it really... We really got to come into the nature of the fossil record. And the fossil record favors the preservation of marine invertebrates, which we've kind of hit on a little bit. And there's close to 250 million fossils that have been found and cataloged, making up about 250,000 species. Say that again. How many? 250,000 species of 250 million fossils. 250,000 species like dogs cats, birds, monkeys, and 250 million fossils like a fish or a leaf. Yep, you got it. And all of those were were formed in water? That's what they say. And so that is, uh, man, that's an incredible statistic. So how many of them are actually fossils that are from marine life. They say about 95% of all these fossils are marine invertebrates, and the remaining 5% uh, are other invertebrates, including like insects, things like that. Uh, The vertebrates, uh, animals with bones, uh, comprise less than 0.25% of all fossils, and the vast majority of these are fish. I'll stop right there because I want to go meddling here. No, you go right ahead. It's what you best po- at. <laughs> 0.25%. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> 0.25% of all fossils are animals with bones, animals that have vertebrae. In other words, all of the fossils, mm-hmm. of all these fossils, 250,000 species, 250 million, only 0.25% are, are mammals. 
You got it. It's cut and dry. I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand well, what that. What does that say about prehistoric man? What does that say about any kind of other dinosaur or mammal during these three st- uh, stages that the evolutionists say? It's almost like they all were flooded. They all were washed away. And I'm, I'm trying to find another way out of this, but I can't find another way out of it. We're survivors? I don't know. <laughs> You know, and so, I mean, but you're right. You know, it had to have been washed away. And the only thing I can think of that would wash away that amount of animals, per se, is a worldwide flood. Well, how many, how many primates then? Primates, uh, which are humans, apes, monkeys, lemurs, comprise less than 0.001% of all vertebrate fossils. Now, hold on. I've seen a lot of monkeys in a lot of museums that look like human beings. And you mean to tell me, Blake, that when I really look at the fossil record, everybody keeps telling us, oh, look at the fossil record. Well, we're looking at the fossil record. When I really look at the fossil record, only 0.00%, of all vertebrae monkey fossils uh, are represented by 0.001%. You got it. That's a very, very, very small percentage. A lethal faith family, do you know what Blake just taught you? Blake just taught you that if you took all of the bones ever found of prehistoric man or or monkeys or, or whatever else you want to talk about from the evolutionary tree, from the fossil stratification, it wouldn't fill a coffin. Yeah. You don't have enough bones to fill a coffin. And the truth is... That when it comes to those vertebrae, um, those vertebrae, number one, will speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, primates have distinct vertebrae. They have distinct nasal passages. They have distinct uh, formins in the back or in the, uh, the back of their head so they can walk on fours. Yep. A human vertebrae would have uh, a hole in the middle where it could walk on twos. And... Most scientists, Blake, most evolutionists, most paleontologists, most anthropologists have never handled a real pair of primate um, vertebrae fossils. They only handle reproductions. Yeah, uh, and, and you're absolutely right, you know, because um, if you go to the mu- museums, uh, you, you well know this, is that, you know, if you go to a museum, they're just taking their own liberty to, to put together monkeys and, and things like that artistic know? license that's right and artistic license they don't actually know what the even the dinosaurs actually look like they just hired some artists said make it look good buddy you know that's true and they've taken and you know how you can prove that through the whites of their eyes i yeah. love planet of the apes blake yeah it's one of my favorite science fiction movies and i don't like science fiction movies i just like caesar and those guys <laughs> in planet of the apes you know and charleston heston you know banging <laughs> on the sand in front of the old statue of liberty I'm old school Planet of the Apes, too. But, but what that means, Blake, is that there is no way for soft tissue like, um, what's the white of your eye called? I don't know. Oh, I know the name. I can't, it just, I'm sorry, it just left me. But the whites of your eye are distinctively one of the characteristics of, of human beings, Primates have brown scalia. That's the scalia, name. There you Br- go. Primates have brown scalia. And so when you go to New York Museum and you look at the evolution uh, there, 
you need to realize a couple of things. Number one, it takes them 15 years to catch up with modern science on their, their displays they've got going on now. Mm-hmm. Number two, they take artistic license like they did with Lucy. We now know Lucy was a monkey. We now know Lucy, according to the BBC, had her vertebrae, her, her um, hip bone sawed down so she would fit a skeleton so they could make one that walked on two legs. We know that they did not find the feet of Lucy. Yep. But yet, when you go and look at Lucy in the New York Museum, she has a foot that looks, I don't know, if, I hope your feet aren't that hairy, but anyway, <laughs> it has a foot that looks like yours and mine, Blake. Yeah. And so you're, Blake is absolutely right that they are taking artistic license. And that's where it makes me uneasy because I'm after truth. Yes. You know, I, it, it, I don't believe it, but if someone proved to me that God created the world through evolution, and I believe in, in macroevolution, I don't believe in microevolution, mm-hmm. or I mean small changes, I don't believe in big changes, I don't believe that a, 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 a sheepdog can go to a, a uh, humpback well. No, not even close. I, I'm with you on that, you know, and, and that's that's the part of the problem is like when you're like us and we're after truth, like like uh, like you said, Michael, is that you go to a museum and you think, all right, these people have had the best people in the world talk about, you know, evolution and, and dinosaurs or whatever it is that you go to see, and they're just taking their own liberty to tell you whatever their truth is and not the actual truth. And, and I've got a big problem with that also, you know. It, uh, Disingenuous. It, yes, absolutely. And so uh, today we know that the vast majority of fossils were formed in a specific way. The fossilization of plants and animals require special conditions that generally include rapid burial and sediment, providing protection from predation and decay. That right there, nail in the coffin for me. Clear majority of them. Yeah. Uh, The conditions are rarely met in a terrestrial environment. Thus, the vast majority of fossils were formed in layers of waterborne sediment. Uh, 75% of the Earth's land is covered with stratified layers of fossil-bearing sediments, with many layers extending from continent to continent. What exactly does that mean? Well, 75% of the Earth's land is covered with stratified layers. That means that no matter where you go in the globe, you're going to find fossils. And no matter where you go in the Earth, Blake, you're going to find the same kind of pattern. In other words, right now we live in the um, Cenozoic pattern. I guess that's what they call it. Um, we're animals, and everything is robust. And I don't know a lot about the current stratification, but I know if you go under the Earth, beneath our feet, beneath the tectonic plates, and you continue to go down, Darwin said in the 1800s mm-hmm. that. When we get to the pre-Cambrian fossil stratification, which the Cambrian was what they were in, and what they were finding during Darwin's time was not intermediate life forms. And Darwin knew it, and he knew it in all six re-editions of, of, of the origins of the species. And so he said, Darwin himself said, that if we get to the Cambrian pre-fossil stratification, which is underneath the Cambrian, which is one of the deepest places in the Earth. See, the Earth is made up of these fossil stratifications. Each mm-hmm. layer represents a different period of time. In other words, if evolution is true, then we should find 
dinosaurs at one place, mammals at one place, birds at one place, and flowers at another place. Mm -hmm. But we should find intermediate life forms, not fully functional forms. In other words, we should be finding a duck with half of a, a wing. Now, I don't know what that means to the survival of the fittest, but I know what my money's on, the one that's got two wings, yeah. the one that's got one. Yeah, absolutely. And so Darwin said that the Precambrian fossil stratification underneath the lowest level of the Earth's fossil stratification, the, the dirt of the Earth, go down to the deepest level that we can go. Darwin said we will find intermediate life forms. And he also said if we don't, this theory is in trouble. Yeah. And what did we find? We are finding fully formed yes, trilobites, fully formed anuses, fully formed um, ears, eyes, reproduction system, reproductive systems. We're finding fully formed life, and we've never found life that is in transitional forms. Nor, which, Blake, this really gets me going. I'm going to see what you think about this right. and what you have to say about it. All right. But we've not found, and I never thought about this to studying for this podcast, nor have we found fossils of plant life uh, in decay. Oh. Or an animal in decay. So if we've never found one in decay, that means that, to me, that says they had to be instantaneously fossilized. Exactly right. You know, it, it's not just a a gradual thing over time because it, it if and we all know this, it, if a plant dies, like every year, I got to put weed killer out of my, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to put weed killer out in my driveway because somehow life finds a way, even in concrete, right? And so I put out weed killer to kill off it to go off the plant, and it slowly begins to decay. Until it's just gone, mm -hmm. so to speak. It deteriorates. That's right. And so it's not just going to fossilize over time. I mean, There's if nothing I, to fossilize. That's right. There's nothing to fossilize there. I killed it. All right, great. Well, it, their theory is then if, I, if it dies and goes wherever, then over millions of years, we'll come back one day and say, Hey, look, there's that grass that Blake killed, you know? <laughs> but it's just not possible because there's nothing to fossilize. So to me, it has to be some sort of instantaneous happening, so to speak, which once again brings me back to the worldwide flood and the force of which came out of that flood. Only a global, global flood, Lethal Faith family, would have provided optimal, optimal conditions for depositing sedimentary sediments and promoting fossilization on a global scale. Be one thing we just found in Western Kentucky. Hey, Blake, I found another dinosaur in my backyard. Yeah. But when we go to Birmingham, England, I can't find anything. Or if we go to China and, or go to Cambodia, I can't find anything. But that's mm -hmm. not the case. We find it everywhere. That's right. You know, and we're talking about a worldwide flood. I, when I lived in Kansas, there was a place you could go out to, and it was called Monument Rock, right? And you could go out there, and it was literally just like a, a huge rock in the middle of a field, and there was nothing around it. I mean, for miles. It's just a huge rock in the middle of a field. And you could go out there, and you could still pick out shark teeth out of that rock. 
And it was incredibly fascinating. But, you know, I remember taking uh, the youth group I was with out there, uh, and I remember talking to them about a worldwide flood out there. And this is actually the reason why we find shark teeth here is because there was a worldwide flood. And, of course, I mean, it's really, it was really fascinating. That is fascinating. Well, when you think about it, Lethal Faith family, the vast majority of land-dwelling creatures were clearly in water and in a water environment at the time of their burial. Yeah. There's, to me, there's, there's no other way around it. It's just impossible to me. And so, which kind of leads us to another thing that I think is really interesting, uh, is that there's fossil footprints. Yeah, that's going to be the subject for next week's uh, Lethal Faith podcast. And uh, it's something to really think about because they are finding, you know, have you ever Googled the word Guadalupe woman? Yep, I have. <laughs> yeah, good. What'd you find? Uh, something I really didn't believe at first. That's what. That's right. I mean, it was, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, the first time I heard about it, I think, I think you had told me about it. And I thought. There ain't no way. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And if you Google that, you will literally see a footprint of a dinosaur directly next to the footprint of a human being. Do you know that the British Museum, in its beginning, had a whole expedition called In the Days of Genesis? And that she was on, on a display during those days at the British Museum. And now you can't find her because she's in the basement of the British Museum. That's right. Not for public eyesight. Once again, it goes back to what you said in the podcast last week about them being disingenuous about what is actually truth. They're trying to cover that up because they don't want you to see it because it goes completely against anything that they have taught us to believe. Next week, one of the things that we're going to really be able to pinpoint, Blake, is the intellectual dishonesty of some scientists. When it comes to dinosaurs being on the same level of the fossil stratification or whichever period of crustacean you want to look yeah. at, at the same level as mankind. But it's not just, Blake, they'll find out next week, it's not just finding footprints with dinosaur footprints. It's finding other pictorial drawings yes. of dinosaurs during periods of times that doesn't fit when there was no mass media. I mean, I don't know how anybody from Cambodia would have understood what a dinosaur would have looked like and placed it on the walls of Angkor Wat. <clears throat> I don't know how certain Indians, Native Americans, um, <coughs> excuse me, would paint dinosaurs on their jars from 400 A.D., 800 A.D., that's right. I don't know how a bishop buried in the 1400s <coughs> called the bishop's tomb, excuse me, has dinosaurs on his coffins. Oh, now that's interesting. And then watching those people, Blake, try to make it disappear. Because every single paleontologist that has been open and honest here has said, now, if this is true, everything we believe has fallen apart. That's right, because if I'm not mistaken, I believe we've, we found the first dinosaur fossil around 1860, somewhere right through there. And even the word dinosaur is new from the 1800s. Yeah. And then one of the things Blake's going to talk about in the coming podcast, Blake, why don't you give us a little preview of that 
specimen they found. They found the entire dinosaur. Is that what you were telling me? That's right. They found in Canada, uh, a miner found an entire dinosaur that still has the scales on it, which I thought, holy cow, it still has its scales on it. This obviously wasn't in any sort of decay mm. at all. So mm. that is incredibly, and they, they just found this within the last couple of years. I mean, it's, it's fairly new evidence that they found, but it still has all its scales on it. I mean, you can see its feet, its mouth, everything about it. Mm. I can't wait to hear you talk about that. Well, Lethal Faith Family, Blake's getting ready to close this out. But before he does, I want to encourage you to share uh, this on social media and let people know this podcast is for three people. Three different groups of people. Number one, pastors and church leaders. So you know how to answer the questions that people are raising about your faith. Number two, it is, in it, well, number one, it's for Sunday school teachers. It's for elders. It's for senior pastors and youth pastors. Number two, it's for parents. Because parents, you are the first line of defense. If you don't know how to answer the questions that pertain to faith, like if there's a God, why is there suffering in this world? And if there's dinosaurs, where are they mentioned at in the Bible? And what does that mean for biblical theology and the, and the story of Adam and Eve, where Adam is connected to the genealogy of Jesus? And then number three, it's for students. Students, we want you. You dedicated, born-again, mature, passionate evangelical students. We want you listening and sharing this with your friend. And they're sharing it our Instagram page and on Facebook, our YouTube videos, sharing it. Because we've got to get the word out. Because we know that if you learn to answer the questions and you have less doubt then you have more likelihood of retaining your faith into adulthood and then birthing a new generation of kids that love God and families. So we love you. We can't wait to talk to you next week because we're going to get into dinosaurs and footprints found on the same social or uh, fossil stratification. We're going to look at the Bible and what it has to say about uh, prehistoric beings, uh, specifically mammals. And it's going to get really interesting in here. The only thing I ask is that you keep an open mind. And that we really look at science and not what someone wants us to believe, but where the evidence actually points us. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And as always, keep it lethal.